Good morning. morning. Welcome. Congratulations on changing your clocks. We all got here at the the right time, Um, and it's uh, good to be together. And maybe some are joining us even live on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And if you're live, then you too set your clock. Congratulations. It's good for us to be together and to to worship God. Let me invite you to uh, stand uh, with me, and let's... uh, Uh, have a a call uh, to worship as we enter into worship. Come home, home to the embrace of God. We are walking the blessed path from past errors to future possibilities. We are walking from haunting memories to a new day. We are walking from troubling fears to a new hope. Come home. Taste the goodness of God. Hear the love of God. Feel God's tender grace. We are walking towards wholeness. We are on the path of joy. Our hearts are filled with thanks and praise. Come home this day. Dwell with Christ in this holy place and in God's amazing grace. Amen. Let's sing together, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. in our invocation prayer. Holy God, we embark on this Lent journey, grateful of your presence along the way. Walk alongside us to call us to repentance, to woo us from our idols, to open our eyes to our neighbor in need, 
to guide us in the way of sacrifice. Meet us in our fears and joys alike, and sustain us in our weakness. Pour out your Spirit on us, that these 40 days might become for us a journey that renews our hope, strengthens our faith, and prepares us for the agony of the cross, as well as the new life of resurrection. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we uh, share on our pegs today, I want to uh, focus in on the, the giving. And you're like, oh yeah, pastor's always talking about giving. And, and yes, we, we collect the offering. The plates are here if you're on if you're here, if you prefer, there's all kinds of uh, mechanisms online through, the, um, through our website, and so you can continue to, to give in that way. But um, also, if you didn't notice, when you were, if you were here and coming in, um, on our campus today, there is a blood mobile. And so you can give blood, you know, you can give blood and give that and, and help a life. Also, uh, through the electronic giving online, you can also give to a wonderful organization of our United Methodist Church that we affectionately call UMCOR, U-M-C-O-R, United Methodist Committee on Relief. UMCOR is that relief agency of the church that helps in all kinds of situations of natural disasters, and in this case, those who have been affected by the war that is going on in Europe. And so there are many who have been displaced, many who are refugees, many who have been hurt, and we are supporting uh, the care of those folks as they go into other countries and, and move around with offering their support. And so UMCOR is already present and already working. And so if you um, give a gift, whether it's online or you know a, a paper gift or even snail mail, we, we do it all, right? We, we'll, we'll take it anyway. If you market UMCOR or disaster relief or, or war relief or something like that, we'll be sure that it goes to the, to the right place. But uh, giving is part of our, of our heritage, part of our faith. It's part of our, our practice of faith. It's one of those spiritual disciplines that actually forms our character. And so it's important for us to give. And giving to the church, giving for special uh, offerings, and even giving our blood are good things to do as they form our characters and make us more generous as we reflect God's kingdom in this world. Amen? Amen.
Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads and center yourself in prayer with me this morning. God of great love, take hold of our hearts and let us be here in the stillness of your presence as we turn our souls to you. Help us to be still and discover the mystery of the living Christ within us. Inspire us to turn ourselves inside out in service to you as we go through our daily routines, as we clean our homes, commute to our offices, work in our gardens, sit at our desks and answer all those emails. May we honor you. As we read to our children, greet our neighbors, jog in the park and shop in the mall, may we honor you. At work or at play, take hold of our hearts, O oh God, and awaken us to the presence of your love. May your love spill over into our lives in such a way that it lightens the path and eases the burdens of each person we meet. We pray in the name of the one who came as light of the world, as love incarnate, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to say when we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So today we have a, a piece of scripture that is from Paul's writing to the early church at Philippi. And this is what he writes to the church at Philippi. And what he writes also for us today, he talks about the models and the examples of faith that we are to be and to follow. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brothers and sisters, become imitators of me and watch those who live this way. You can use us as models. As I have told you many times and now say with deep sadness, many people live as enemies of the cross. Their lives end with destruction. Their God is their stomach, and they take pride in their disgrace because their thoughts focus on earthly things. Our citizenship, our citizenship is in heaven. We look forward to a Savior that comes from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our humble bodies so that they are like his glorious body by the power that also makes him able to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and miss, who are my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Most holy God, may we be encouraged to stand firm in you. Amen. Amen. Our citizenship is in heaven. Where we hold our citizen, citizenship is in the kingdom, in God's kingdom of heaven. That phrase, that image in Scripture has always caught me that uh, our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, we're, we're immigrants, we're, we're aliens here, you know, and so, so how do we live as, as immigrants and aliens here? I think this has always caught me because I'm a South Florida boy. I mean, I grew up in, in Miami. And let's face it, everybody down here is an immigrant, right? Everybody's come from somewhere else, from another culture, from another country, from another place. And everybody is also trying to hold on to a piece of that homeland, a, a piece of that culture. And it becomes a beautiful thing with the diversity of music and, of course, the diversity of food, that's a wonderful thing, you know. I, I, I love my congri, but I also love the, the, the jerk pork and the jerk chicken and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, and a multiple different color beans cooked in different color ways that you put on different kinds of rice. Oh, my goodness, it is just, it is just wonderful. Um, but everybody's got this home place that they come from, and they'll play their music and eat their food and try to hold on to the practices of the country and the culture that they have come from, and it's beautiful, but we want to hold on to those customs and practices because it reminds us of home. It reminds us of our identity. And down here, we've got the folks that have come from Cuba and Haiti and Jamaica and the Dominican Republic and Brazil and Venezuela. Oh, let's just touch any island in the Caribbean, and they're here, and every folks from South America and Central America, and that doesn't even begin to touch the countries of Europe that are also here, and the languages, and the multiple languages, and the multiple dialects in every language that we hear. You know, everybody who's here 
is really has a homeland somewhere else. My household growing up was like that. My mother is an immigrant from the farms of southern Maryland, you know, and that's part of me. I, I know how to catch a Chesapeake Bay crab, you know, and, and, and cook it and eat it, you know, and I love that music of that region too. But, you know, I grew up here in South Miami with all the Cuban immigrants. My father and his family are all immigrants from, uh, fr from Cuba. I love the culture. I love the food. And when I went to Cuba to visit Cuba and went into a worship service and the music started playing, I could do nothing but dance. Yes, dancing in worship, in the middle of worship. And everybody, I mean, it was just, it just felt like part of me. It felt like part of me. Where is your citizenship? Because here's what Paul is telling us. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we live in this place as aliens. Because our citizenship is in heaven. And so what does it mean to live as an alien here while we hold on to the practices and the culture of our homeland? Not our culture and our homeland of all the churchy type stuff, like churchy customs and stuff, because that's going to be as different as there are different languages and food with every culture. But I mean, how do we hold on to our heaven's customs, our heavenly practices, like peace and love and joy and hope and generosity and blessing others and welcoming and forgiving and mercy and grace? How do we hold on to those practices while we live in this world, in this place that is filled with all kinds of other things that focus on us and our stomachs and filling ourselves and satiating ourselves and being satisfied with all the stuff around us? How do we hold on to our heavenly citizenship and become even models of that, examples of that? There is a... a a great character in literature, a literary character that's, that's one of my favorites. And his name is Charles Muriel, the character in the, in the book. Charles Muriel. And Charles Muriel is a son of a judge. Um, and son of a judge, and this is in the early 1800s of France. And so he's privileged. He has all of the wealth that life can, can give. And he he lives that life, and he grows up, and he's married in that life. But uh, then the uh, revolution happens where, you know, the monarchy of France is overthrown. And so he goes into exile with his wife. But while he's in exile, his wife dies of an illness. And uh, now he, he's brokenhearted. He's lost so much in his life that was important to him, and he gives his life to Christ. And so much so that he becomes a priest. And he's given his life to Christ, and now he returns back to France as a priest and goes to a small little village, and he's serving them and caring for them. And he is so generous and so welcoming and such an example that they no longer use his name. They give him a nickname. They call him Monsignor Bienvenu. Bienvenu, it means welcome the priest of the welcome. He's, he's become known in his community and well-known in his community as Priest Benvenu, and, and there comes a, a, a man who is on parole from prison 
and he welcomes him, and he cares for him, and he offers him food, and offers him a place. The prisoner steals from him, and when the police bring him back, Monsignor Benvenu lies, a priest lies to the police to give Jean Valjean a second chance. Now, we know the story from a musical, right? From Les Mis, or maybe from a play, or, a, or, or even a film adaptation. But when Victor Hugo writes his book, part of the first part of the book, in more than 40 pages, is dedicated to that priest and the transformation of his life and how he becomes this model of kingdom life and is so generous and so welcoming that he creates this moment of crisis for Jean Valjean, of the type of man he is and the type of man he is now seeing in this priest who has offered him grace and watched over him and cared for him. And this priest, Monsignor Benvenu, lives as a citizen of the kingdom and when he is robbed by Jean Valjean, he not only lies to the police and tells him he can keep the silver, he gives him additional silver. He gives him these last two candlesticks. And they may seem just an image in a movie or a musical, but in the book, these, these two candlesticks, these are the last two vestiges of his privileged life. These are the last two pieces of wealth that he has ever owned. And he gives it all. He gives it all so that somebody else could be transformed for good. It's a model of faith. It's what it is to live as a citizen of the kingdom. And what does Paul tell us? To watch those who live this way. Watch those who live this way and live that way. And Paul's telling them, use us, use me, use us. Look at the people who live this way, the way of Christ. In other words, Paul's becoming the first Christian influencer. We know that term around now, don't we? Influencer, have you heard that used? You know, in social media now, we have people that make their whole living around being influencers. Now, maybe they've become popular because they're you know, a movie star or, you know, a performance artist or something, and people want to listen to them because they're, because they're popular. But many influencers are people that this is their job, this is their work. They research things about the, you know, stuff you can use in your home or diets or exercise or different products that are coming out in the marketplace, and they research them and they use them and they, they you know, do all the, that information that they posted online and they do talks and presentations and all that kind of stuff, and they influence our lives. They've become influencers. And they live that life as an influencer, and Paul is that first influencer. Paul was, at one time, a citizen of Judaism. By his own language, he was a Pharisee among the Pharisees. His citizenship belonged to his religion, his religion of Judaism, and he was a follower of the law, a teacher of the law. He's going to hold people accountable to the law. The law is good. The law is justice, and people need to hold to that. And so Paul goes on this, uh, this quest to make sure that people are following the law, which means he can also persecute or prosecute the people of the way. 
The people of the way were the followers of Jesus Christ, this sect of Judaism at his, at his time. And with arrest papers in hand, he heads off to another town called Damascus, and along that road, he is blinded by a light that is the very presence of Jesus Christ who speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he goes blind into Damascus. And a, and a follower of the way comes to him, knowing that he can be arrested by this man, Saul, who would become Paul. But he still comes to him, lays hands on him, heals him. Saul regains his sight. He becomes Paul. And that's what we know of the story in the scripture. And we think, oh, he's transformed. And he goes and he starts churches. But no, his transformation continues over a period of time. He goes into a time of retreat where he spends years just communing with God and listening to Jesus speak into his heart and his life, developing what would become the theology of our Christian faith. He returns home to his home of Tarsus. And he goes back to work in the family business. He's making tents and leather craft kind of work, and that's the work that he does. Until an influencer named Barnabas leaves Jerusalem and uh, with the uh, blessing of James and Peter and those who are leading the early church. And he goes to Tarsus and he says, Paul, it's time for you to get up and be an influencer. It's time for you to live out this faith. And so Barnabas and Paul begin to travel together. And Paul then influences somebody's life and they begin to travel with Paul's name. John Mark. And, uh, and then Paul becomes a mentor to a young man named Timothy. He becomes a, a pastor and a leader in his congregation. And, and Paul sets up what probably would be like the first little seminary, the little school for training ministers in a town called Ephesus and trains people and sends them out to be leaders of the church. And Paul is influencing all of these lives. He influences lives in, in Corinth and, 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 and Athens. And, and even when he becomes a prisoner in Rome, there's no bitterness in his life but only the reflection of what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom. Peace and love and joy and hope and mercy and grace. Forgiveness. And so Paul becomes this influencer. This influencer of our lives. As he lived as a, king, as a citizen of the kingdom. And I'm sure if we reflect on our own lives, I bet there is someone in your life who has been an influencer of the kingdom for you. Someone in your life who has lived as a citizen of the kingdom and influenced you. You wouldn't be sitting here if someone hadn't influenced you. You wouldn't be searching online for how do you use YouTube and Facebook and all that kind of stuff to find the worship service or on the website, you know, however it is. You would, if somebody hadn't influenced you, if somebody hadn't been that model of what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom, a citizen of heaven. Who has influenced you? Who influenced you? Maybe the person who influenced you was a, a family member, that family member who was consistent and constant. They were, in the, in the old-timey days, they'd say, well, when the, they unlocked the doors, they were there at church, you know? They were consistent, they were constant, they were 
always about worship. They were always about praising God. They were always about giving and generosity and welcoming. They were always loving and grace-filled and filled with that joy, and their love influenced other people. Maybe you knew somebody like that in your life. Or maybe there was somebody, one of your friends or extended family, that you got the blessing of witnessing their transformation. That maybe they moved from a broken place in their life and a brokenness in their life, and they found a healing and a wholeness. And you got to watch that transformation and it influenced you. Or maybe an extended family member or somebody you know was moved from indifference, like, hey, hey, you do your thing and I'll do my thing and we really don't care and you know, you just go off and do that thing if you like it, but I'm going to do my thing. They moved from that indifference to being full in, fully committed, heart and life and everything given over to God and they're always becoming more regular about worship. They're always becoming deeper in their praise of God. They're growing in their generosity and their giving, and their love continues to expand, and, ex- and you've got to witness that and watch that, and it's influenced you as they became citizens of heaven. When we are transformed by Jesus Christ, our citizenship, our citizenship changes. And we become citizens of the kingdom. And so when I ask who has influenced you as they have lived their life as a model of a citizen of the kingdom, we also have to ask the other side of that question. Who are you influencing? Because I guarantee you there is somebody watching your life. There is somebody watching your life. How are you living as a model citizen of the kingdom? What do they see in you? Who is watching your life? Live this way. Live this way. We are no longer citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. Live the way that others before you are showing. Live this way because others are watching you. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, we thank you for all of those who have influenced us by living the way of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, we thank you for those figures that give us an image. We thank you for the scriptural characters like Paul and others who have touched our lives. Lord, we thank you for those who are very personal and dear to us that have shown us the way of following Christ. Lord, help us and give us the courage to live as citizens of the kingdom, reflecting your kingdom that others might see your love, your grace, your mercy, your giving, your welcoming, your forgiveness in us. Amen. Amen. Let us uh, respond to God's word in our life as we uh, sing together. Oh, Jesus, I have promised, I have promised to serve thee.
go now with the blessing and the assurance that God has opened the kingdom of heaven and welcomed you. Go now as a citizen of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you.